Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies, and I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. We are here today to talk about such an important topic and that topic is why is it so hard to love yourself i thought this was especially important because i personally feel that self-hatred self-loathing self-criticism all these really toxic aspects of our western culture that are just so vibrant and so alive are really at the root of what's going on right now It's why we're having these deep internal divisions in our country where we have people who are far on the left and people who are far on the right and everyone hates each other. And honestly, anger, fear, animosity, it's directed at other people, but at the root, it comes from a deep sense of not loving oneself. Individually, we're not to blame for that. We are all so conditioned to be so hard on ourselves and to expect only perfection from ourselves and to feel like we always need to be achieving and growing and striving. I'll definitely talk more about the roots of self-hatred later on, but first I wanted to start off the podcast with a little anecdote that I've shared before, but I think it's especially apropos for this topic, and I think it's a story that's always worth hearing over and over again. I think about it all the time. So this story comes from Sharon Salzberg, who is one of my favorite meditation teachers. She's an incredible Buddhist leader. She is a strong woman. She's written dozens of books about Buddhism. She's helped really bring the concept of Buddhism over to the U.S. And this is from an experience that she had when she was in conversation with the Dalai Lama in 1990. And at one point, she had the opportunity to ask him a question. So she said, Your Holiness, what do you think about self-hatred? The Dalai Lama looked completely and utterly baffled, and he asked her in response, what's that? Which I think really powerfully sums up the difference between our Western ambition-focused value system versus the Buddhist compass. So then Sharon Salzberg went on to explain to him that she was talking about self-judgment. She was talking about guilt. She was talking about the sort of toxic thought patterns that we often repeat over and over to ourselves. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're not enough. And once she gave the Dalai Lama more detail about what she was going through and what a lot of us go through, he just said with so much sadness, but how could you think of yourself in that way? And then he went on to explain that every single person who is alive in this world has what is called Buddha nature. And that means that every person has goodness within them. And I really, really think that that's true. And for anyone who's listening who has really struggled with feeling badly about yourself, self-hatred, perfectionism, eating disorders, body dysmorphia, whatever it is, know that it is not your fault that you feel that way. It's honestly really hard not to feel that way given the world that we live in. First, I want you to think back to when you were a kid and 
see if you can remember the very first time you had a thought of self-criticism or self-loathing or self-doubt. I remember so vividly my little sister experiencing this. So our mother has always been someone who's really hard about, she was always putting a lot of pressure on me to be skinnier or to gain more weight, to cut my hair, blah, 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 whatever it was. My little sister is quite a bit younger than I am. She's my half sister and she's like, I think 19 or 20 years younger than me. And my mom would always talk about her own weight and always talk about other people's weights. And she would always make fun of my little sister's baby fat, even when she was a tiny little baby. And I remember my little sister being three years old and I had bought her like a little bikini to wear to the beach swimsuit, two-piece swimsuit that was so cute. And she covered up her stomach with both of her arms. And she said, oh, my stomach is so fat. I don't want to wear this. She was like really shy about her stomach. I mean, she didn't say it in those exact words, but she had already at the age of three been taught to be ashamed of her stomach. And it's so normal for a little baby toddler to have baby fat. They need it because they're always falling down and they're growing so much and they're always bouncing around. We, when we are younger, are like these beautiful, beautiful, soft, tender little sponges that just pick up everything around us. So think to yourself, when can you remember moments of being a sponge and moments of absorbing beliefs from your parents or the people around you about who you were supposed to be or how you were supposed to feel? I can remember being as young as four and my mom telling me not to cry because it was bad luck to cry and she didn't want me crying. And that denial of my emotional being was a real beginning of self-hatred and denying self-love to myself. When you tell yourself that you're not allowed to feel a certain way, then you start to question and push away all the things that make you innately you. Know that it's not you, it's your parents, and see if you can think about some of the beliefs that they held true about themselves that then they pushed onto you. Because we are all born so innocent and so pure at birth. It's this really beautiful statistic that I think about all the time that the average three year old laughs 300 times a day, but the average adult only laughs 15 times a day. I started tracking it and I was like, do I laugh 15 times a day? Maybe on a good day. And it's because when we're younger, we just see the world as this beautiful, magical place full of inspiration and potential and joy and interesting things to look at. And then we get older, we have that beaten out of us, right? So what starts to creep in is this pressure to be a certain way, think a certain way, feel a certain way. And then we start to learn that that sense of self-love can only come from external validation. If I get good grades, or if I'm good at this musical instrument, or if I'm pretty enough, you start waiting for other people to tell you that you're okay. And then that process becomes a pattern because then you start to shape who you are based on what other people expect of you. It makes me think of this really beautiful quote that I read the other day. I saw it on Instagram. I think it's from Lisa Oliveira. Yes, it is from Lisa Oliveira, I'll confirm that. And it says, if you've spent your whole life desperately trying to be who everyone else wanted or needed you to be in order to feel worthy, good enough, and loved, it makes sense why you might not know who you are underneath. 
It makes sense why you might feel like a stranger to yourself when you've never let your true, full self come to the surface and be known. I read that and it just hit me so hard because I really spent my whole life desperately trying to earn the love and feeling of worthiness and approval that came from other people. And I really felt like who I was innately wasn't good enough to be loved, that I had to change myself in order to one day be worthy of love. And it wasn't until I got divorced at age 30 that I realized how much of a stranger I was to myself. I had really been in nonstop relationships since I was 21. And even before then, I was always having something going on with someone. And and when I really allowed myself to embrace this time of solitude and peace and quiet, alone time with myself, it really felt like I was living with a stranger. So I had never taken the time to really let myself be me. Are there things that you have thought were your personality, but now when you look back, you realize it was shaped by what your parents told you or what your teachers told you you should be? It's really hard to love yourself. I actually think it's really the most radical act that you can take for the betterment of the world. Because if you think about it, most people who walk around don't love themselves. Even people who are so wealthy or beautiful or famous, successful, loved by everyone, you can still see in them that they don't really truly, truly love themselves. And I think it's always so refreshing to meet someone who really does just love themselves a lot and is happy with who they are. I am really sensitive to other people's energy. I think a lot of you guys who listen to the show are empaths as well. And I remember meeting my husband and just being like, wow, his energy is so calm. I love being around him. I never get exhausted or tired the way I do when I'm around other people who I've dated or been with in the past. What I realized is it's because he just loves himself and he gives off this vibration. His energy just says, I love myself. I love myself. And not in a conceited way. I mean, of course, he has his own areas that he wants to improve and things that he doesn't really love about himself, aspects. But at his core, he really loves himself. And I remember when we were first saying, I love you, he said, you know, I love you so much. I love you as much as I love myself. And I was just like, whoa, I don't know if I would ever use the love I have for myself as tentpole for how much I love someone else. And what he was saying was that his level of unconditional love for himself is so strong and it's so vibrant and that it was unusual for him to love someone else in that same way. This was a stark contrast to me always feeling like, man, if I could just learn to love myself one day, I feel like my whole life will be so happy. Audrey Lord says, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence, it is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. I love that. It's like so radical and so good for the world to invest in loving yourself. It's so anti-capitalist, so anti-patriarchy, so anti-classist. It goes against all these horrible, toxic aspects of our culture and just saying, I love myself. I don't care what you think or what you say. I love myself is the best thing that you can do for society. So how do you do that? First, I wanted to identify three ways that we regularly deny ourselves love. (laughs) The first way it happens is whenever you say to yourself, I shouldn't need this. I'll elaborate. 
I have been working with all my clients recently as we get prepared for this second wave of COVID. So how do you prepare your employees? How do you prepare yourself knowing that you're going to be mostly indoors? How do you shape your environment to create a really great shelter for your creativity and shelter for your productivity? And what I've noticed is that a lot of these high-performing people who I work with, even though they have the resources and the time to be able to make changes to their lives in order to be happier, they just don't want to do it. They're like, oh, I hate working at home all day. And if I say, oh, well, why don't you rent an office down the street or try to find a solution where you can leave the house and go work, even if it's just a studio that you're renting yourself that's separate from everywhere else, completely safe. And they say, oh, well, I can't justify the cost, even though they can. There's this real feeling of, oh, I shouldn't need this that happens every day for all of us. For me, it happens when I need a nap and I'm really tired because I've been working really hard. And I think, who naps? I shouldn't need that or if I want to take a bath, or if I feel like I need to just work out and relax or lay down on the floor. It was happening really often for me being back in New York. I really, really, really thrive around nature, and it had been a couple months since I had had more than just a lay visit to the park, and I kept saying, oh, I'll book a place, I'll book a place, but obviously all the Airbnbs have been so expensive during COVID. I thought, oh, I shouldn't need this. You know, who am I to spend $1,000 on a weekend for myself? That seems so indulgent just to get away for two, three nights. And I realized that whenever I did that, whenever I said, oh, I shouldn't need this. Oh, why do I need that? It was denying me a way of taking care of myself. What ways do you tell yourself that you shouldn't need X, Y, or Z thing that would make you so much happier, more comfortable, and feel safe? We all deserve to care for ourselves. And depending on how you were raised, you may feel like there's an area of your life that is indulgent or is unnecessary for you to self-care in that way. The second toxic thought that we have that prevents us from really loving ourselves is when we say, I shouldn't feel this way. This is so important. Think about all the times where you've felt a challenging or difficult emotion So maybe it's sadness or anger or jealousy or anxiety. And how often do you tell yourself, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. It's not good. And I think particularly for people who are on the spiritual path, which I know a lot of you are, meaning that you care about being a good person. You're really conscious of trying to live a life of integrity. You are putting a lot of effort into having purpose in your life. You may feel sometimes that if you're angry, jealous, or upset that You shouldn't be because you're supposed to be this spiritual person. I know I feel that way all the time. And what I realized only very recently, as in literally like this past week, (laughs) was that whenever I tell myself that I shouldn't feel a certain way, it actually makes it worse. And on top of making it worse, then it's a way of me denying love and acceptance of myself. I'll give an example about my life. My husband and I have been really hoping to have a baby for over a year now. I stopped taking birth control back in August of 2019, so it's been like a year and a quarter. And I have felt really, really sad about the fact that we haven't gotten pregnant yet. And I've also felt really upset on myself, blaming myself, feeling like it's never going to happen. And honestly, feeling really guilty about choices that I made earlier in my life. Like I had an abortion when I was 17 and I can't help but carry this feeling of guilt that because I did that, 
then now I'm being punished or something. There's karma. I mean, all these thoughts are so crazy, but you know, it's the way that I feel. And I'd really been pushing them away because I kept saying to myself, well, I have this beautiful life. I have great work that I love. I have a partner I love. Everything is great in my life. Why can't I just be happy? I should feel grateful. And I would double down on my gratitude lists and I would continue to focus on what was good in my life. I never really truly let myself feel that sadness. And because I never really addressed it, it just kept building and building and building and building. Is there an emotion that keeps repeating over and over in your mind that you just can't seem to get rid of? Maybe it's jealousy about partner's ex or someone who is in the same field as you who you're competing with. Maybe it's anger at a parent or anger at a friend. Maybe it's resentment at someone who's very close to you for not being there for you and you keep trying to push it away, but it keeps coming back. So the really important thing here is when you have this type of emotion that is telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way, but yet that feeling keeps coming up and up and up and up over and over and over again, it's so important to work with it and how you work with it. There are four steps to that. And the acronym is ALEC, A-L-E-C. I made this up. You can tell me if this is a horrible acronym and actually doesn't work at all. A is for acceptance. So just really letting yourself accept that this is what you are feeling. And for me, it was, yeah, I'm mad and I'm sad and I'm jealous of all these other people who have babies so easily. I know this won't really resonate with a lot of you guys, but can apply to anything in your life. The second letter is L, which is love. Can you just love yourself even though you don't like these thoughts that you're having? Can you love yourself, not even in spite of the way that you feel, but because of how you feel? Can you direct large, copious amounts of tenderness towards yourself, almost like you're speaking to a younger version of yourself? And I always say, oh, Liz, that must hurt so much. I really, really feel you and I love you. So I just think that to myself. Oh, you poor thing. I just love you so much for going through this. The third letter of the acronym is E, and that stands for explore. And explore why this feeling is so strong. Oftentimes when we feel emotions that we can't shake, that appear over and over again, there's largely a much deeper root there. And for me, the root was that I had such a challenging childhood where all I ever really wanted was a family. And I think that especially now that I just got married a few months ago, it's been so new to me to have a really beautiful, loving family that I still doubt sometimes whether or not it's ever actually going to happen for me. Like in my head, I think, oh, well, I clearly didn't deserve to have a family when I was younger. So now as an adult, that same pattern must be playing out that I'm not deserving of having the children that I want. Knowing that that's where it comes from and that's why it's so strong really helps to take the heat off of what I'm feeling because it's like, yeah, that feeling was so strong when I was younger. This feeling that I didn't have a family and there was something wrong with me because of it. But that's not true now. That was in the past and this is now. And then the last letter is C and C stands for change the story. So how can I shift the story to be more true and to be more valid and to be something that really works for me while also acknowledging my feelings. What I've decided to change it to was that 
it's actually been really hard, of course, because I do want a kid, but everything happens for a reason. And in this 15 months that I've been not getting pregnant, I have done so much that I wouldn't have done if I had been pregnant. I've decided to fly to go back to school. I never would have done that if I had a baby on the way. I've been writing a ton, which is something that I wouldn't have had time for if I were pregnant because I'd be so busy with figuring out what the heck I was doing with my life and how I was going to take care of a kid. And additionally, I've been able to invest in Reset in my business and it's just grown so tremendously over the past few months. And that wouldn't have been the case. I mean, I know that obviously it's really possible for people to invest in their careers and their children, but knowing myself and the way that I operate, I know that I would have been just complete tunnel vision on my kid and this pregnancy. So remember that acronym, ALEC, A-L-E-C, accept that you feel that way, love yourself because of how you feel, E, explore the root, why the emotion is so strong, and finally C, change the story that you're telling yourself. What's so important in the ALEC acronym of working with challenging feelings is to remember that at no point are you ever denying or repressing your feelings. You're always letting that core of how you feel, whether it's angry, sad, jealous, you're letting that be and you're so okay with it. That's what's important. Loving yourself is about loving all of you, even the mistakes and the quote-unquote failures and aspects of you that you look at and make you get red in the face and feel embarrassed about. So important. I've been really working with this as I've been writing. Right now, I'm writing about 2015, which was five years ago, and it's about a trip that I took to Bali for three weeks right before I started a new job and about six months after I'd gotten divorced. And during that trip, I really went on a huge tear. I mean, I met like four guys who I got it on with and like hung out with and spent all my time with when I was there and I was only there for three weeks. I It was supposed to be a trip where I focused on myself, but instead I was just out and about meeting people, dating people, spending all my time with men. And I was cringing as I was reading and reflecting on this period of my life and thinking, wow, why was I doing all these crazy things? Why was I drinking all these mushroom shakes and going to full moon parties and taking ecstasy that wasn't really ecstasy and just totally not doing the things that I should have been doing when I was in Bali? I mean, I was doing yoga and I was meditating, but I was also having these sweeping love affairs with Australians, which is really maybe the last thing that I needed to be doing so fresh out of a relationship and with my heart still so broken. And what I've been able to do is to love myself for this time, even though my initial inclination is to cringe and to be filled with shame and embarrassment. A huge part of loving myself is about releasing the shame that I carry from situations that I participated in back when I was heartbroken and back when I was going through a really, really hard time. I mean, that sort of empathy that I give to other people is so important that I give it back to myself. Maybe a exercise for today is to take an experience that you have a lot of embarrassment or shame around and see if you can just let yourself also see all the ways that you were trying so hard and to find the lovable pieces of you in that experience. And when I think about this Bali experience, I've really learned to see all the ways that my younger self was so lovable and deserving of love you know, I was really trying. <laughs> I was trying my best back then. And it isn't 
perfect. It wasn't perfect. It's not what I expected myself now, but I was doing the best I could then with what I knew then. And now the final behavior that prevents you from really loving yourself is when you say to yourself, I shouldn't be like this. So just to recap, we've talked about how I shouldn't need this and I shouldn't feel this are so damaging to the experience of self-love. And now we're talking about how saying to yourself, I shouldn't be like this is equally as damaging. I am just so tired of people on Instagram, influencers, who are always facetuning and body tuning, whatever it is, their photos, making people think that they should look a certain way and getting Botox and eye lifts and getting their lips done. And honestly, no shame to anyone who is doing this. I think whatever you need to feel good about yourself, I think you should feel really empowered about that. I have gotten Botox in the past. I've gotten filler in my cheeks in the past. I don't do it anymore, but I definitely have to say that I think where it gets really dangerous is when people start to think that this is how they're supposed to look all the time. It's a really impossible standard because one, it's very expensive to do all those procedures. Two, it's also not proven to be safe. And then three, the whole point is to love yourself for who you are. I just think it's so hard to be on social media sometimes. I think I have a pretty high sense of self-regard these days, but even if I scroll too much on social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, should I have more muscles? <laughs> should I have fitter calves? Am I flabby? What? Is my skin bad? Should my hair be longer? Whatever it is. I've really, really had to curate my social media feed so that it only shows me things that are really supportive of my well-being because every single person just needs to look like themselves. You are so beautiful when you lean into what it is that makes you, you. There's no perfect body. There's no perfect face. There's no perfect brain. There's no perfect business person. There's no perfect entrepreneur. And I love this quote that I heard once, which was that, the only thing that successful people have in common is that they have nothing in common. They are just their own individual selves. You came into this world to be exactly who you are and you have gifts, unique gifts that no one else has. I look in the mirror and I only try to think about the good things that I see. I think I've mentioned this before, but I've been struggling with hormonal acne since I got off the pill because I had been on the pill for 17 years. I had also been on this other pill called spironolactone, which messed with my hormones too, because I always had cystic acne. And that's why this past year has been a lot about me rebalancing my hormones. But I still get a spot from time to time, and sometimes they're big, and then they leave little scars. I look in the mirror, and my natural impulse is to fixate on those spots. But instead, I just think, wow, my eyes are so bright today, or my eyebrows look great. Oh, hey, wow, I just look so happy. It's me. This is my face. And because we are battling a culture that is always trying to convince us to buy more shit that will make us look better, we need to be vigilant and we need to be committed to battling that in our own mind. If you think about it, it's unavoidable. Magazines, Instagram, other social media, celebrity, gossip, tabloids, all the beauty companies and clothing companies that are trying to sell us things because we're not good enough. They are 24 seven trying to live in our minds. And so we each need to be equally as committed to living in our own minds and counteracting those messages by saying, I'm great, I love myself. 
whenever I feel the urge to buy something, <laughs> then I always think, am I buying this because I feel bad about myself and I think it's going to fix something or I'm buying it because I love it and I want it and I think I deserve it. There's obviously so much more that can be said about this topic, but I've committed to keeping these episodes bite-sized so that they're easy for you guys to listen to. And I think I've covered a lot and I'll just recap. There's no one like you. There's only one you and you are so deserving of love. I promise you, there's no one who deserves it more than you do because we all have Buddha nature, which is what the Dalai Lama said. We all have so much goodness and kindness and heart flowing through ourselves. And the only reason why we can't see it sometimes is not because of you intrinsically, but because who society has always told you that you should be. And the pressures and the beliefs that your family held on to you that you soaked up like a tiny little sponge when you were young. So please, please, please make a self-love plan. Commit to loving yourself. I love doing a self-appreciation list. And in times when I feel like my self-esteem is waning, I double down and commit to writing down five things that I did well that day or that I love about myself. And it really, really does wonders. Doing this work is the most important work and we all need to do it because we are all programmed to not love ourselves and not accept ourselves. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am releasing this episode a couple days late because I've been on a creative tear. I have been writing nonstop and it's been so fun and I've been enjoying it and it's been really cool because after I write each chapter, I meditate and I think about who I was from that time period that I'm writing about and I just see her and I send her so much love and so much acceptance. So this book, this memoir that I'm writing, I realized it this week. It is a love letter to myself. It is an act of gratitude for who I was when I was younger. It is an act of acceptance and love for all the mistakes and all the things that I did when I myself was hurting so much. I wonder if there's something that you guys can find to do that is a dedication of self-love to yourself. As always, I just wanted to remind you to listen to yourself, to love yourself, to say yes to life, and life will say yes to you. And finally, please subscribe. That way other people can find it and rate the podcast and share it on social media if you've found this to be valuable. And always feel free to DM me. I am at HeyLizTran or at ResetNYC. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you for listening. We've doubled our listeners over the past couple weeks and I just feel so appreciative of you. Thank you. Bye.